bowl and like stumbling over my words is is there any way that I can pray for you this morning and she just starts crying opening up telling me all these things and and it was such a small moment and such the grace of God for me and for her and I started to learn what it looks like to build history with God What does it look like to hear the voice of God? And I started to realize this isn't just for me, but as I listen to God, it mobilizes me throughout the day for what he wants to do through me. And so as I, as I talk about tending your heart in a little bit, it's, it's more kind of reactionary of when something happens, it throws you off, how do you deal with it? But really the first piece of hearing God is proactive, right? We, we can actively seek God each morning throughout the day and say, God, what do I need for the day? <laughs> what fruit of the Spirit am I going to need to walk in? What's a Bible verse? Who's someone who needs to know you? Who's someone that I can love? It started filtering how I walked throughout my day when I started proactively hearing the voice of God. And so I, I started following, falling in love with hearing God's voice. I started learning his character through scripture and hearing him speak it back over me. And so there were a couple lies that I want to address this morning that I had to work through. And the first one was, will God speak to me? <laughs> does, does he want to speak to us, right? It was connected with his character. Is he good enough that he's going to speak to me something that my heart needs? Or is he only going to speak to these people over here? And in John 14, this is Jesus. It says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and don't be afraid. Right? I love this passage because it's, it stills that fear. Right? Does God want to speak to us? Yes, he sent his Holy Spirit, that he's going to teach us all things, that he's going to remind us of everything that he's taught, remind us what Jesus is like, remind us what the Father is like, remind us of what our identity is in the word of God. And then, and then he gives us an invitation, my peace I give to you. He wants our hearts to be at peace. He doesn't want us to be troubled. We have an opportunity to respond to, to this invitation of Jesus. And so, kind of common doubt number two. As, as we're waiting on God, something that I had to deal with is, is this my thought or is this God's thought? Right? How do, how do I unplug some of those? How do I know what's God and how do I know what's me? And so in John 10, 2 through 5, it says, The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Right? God is our shepherd. He is the one who's going before us and leading us. And so even in those moments of, is this me? Is this God? We can have confidence that the heart of God is that we will know his voice and that we can follow him in those places. And so, but it's a journey of learning what it looks like for us individuals of what does God's voice sound like? Because all of us hear God in different ways right? Not how I hear God is different. How Leah hears God is different. How Tim hears God. We, because God's made us unique. And so some of us see pictures. Some of us hear things. Some of us have a deep knowing. Some people look at trees and hear God speaking, right? They're drawing art. Like there's all these ways where we can commune with God because he's made us individuals. And so um, I, I have a little illustration if my volunteers can come up. So 
Some of, a lot of you guys know this. Clark and Natalie Zonbrecher have just moved up. And Clark is going to be our director of ministries. So I realize this may not be the best thing to do your new boss, but I'm going to do it. Um, so, so if I can have Clark, if you can stand in your front, in, in the front with your back to this, yep, face everybody. Okay. And then if I can have everyone line up except Natalie. He'll be off on the side. Okay, so Clark may have had a couple conversations with some of these people, but generally doesn't know them very well. Right? So Clark is learning all of our voices. We're going to give him like a couple week grace period to know all of our names. Right? So I'm going to have everyone say, Clark, we're so glad you moved, you moved to Boston. And Clark, I need you to tell me which one is Heather. Okay? All right. No cheating. All right. Clark, we're so happy you came to Boston. Clark, we're so glad you came to Boston. Clark, we're so glad you came to Boston. Clark, we're so glad you came to Boston. All right, one, two, three, or four. Oh, you need the mic. So, uh, is one of those my wife? No. Okay. <laughs> Wait, good, safe, safe. I didn't, even, I didn't take a look at who's behind me. That's good. Um, let's say, I'm pretty sure that it's, that it's Heather, you say? Yep. I'm pretty confident that Heather is number two, three, or four. Two, three, or four. Very good. All right. I like him already. Okay. Natalie, come on in. So, what? Yes, you got it. <laughs> All right. Clark doesn't know Heather's voice yet, right? They, they may have had a, have you had a conversation with him yet? Right. Okay. So this was a little unfair. All right. Now, his wife of 12 years is in the lineup. So this is the real test. Can you distinguish which one is your wife's voice? Clark, we're so happy you came to Boston. Clark, we're so happy you came to Boston. Clark, we're so happy you came to Boston. <laughs> Clark, we're so glad you came to Boston. Clark, we're so glad you came to Boston. All right. Number three. Give him a hand. Awesome. You guys can be seated. Yeah. I didn't pick Gigi on purpose. Everyone can hear Gigi. <laughs> All right. So, so you, you guys get the idea, right? As they've, they've been married for 12 years. As you, as you live with someone, as you talk with someone, as you get to know someone, you become confident of what they sound like. You become confident of how they speak to you. You become confident of the tone of their voice. And it's the same way with hearing God. And so it, it, takes, it takes time sometimes for us to learn what is it really like for God to speak to us. But God wants to speak to us, and God will speak to us. And so if you're on the beginning of this journey of what is the voice of God, any fears that you have, you can rest on the character of Jesus that he says, I'm the good shepherd, and I want to lead you, right? Okay, so I'm going to jump in to, to tending our heart a little bit. So what is tending our heart? We've talked about it a lot in a little bit, and we're going to hand out these little sheets for you guys to take home. Um, and so what tending your heart is is a tool that Antioch has developed. We're, we're in a network of churches throughout the U.S. and then have a lot of missionaries overseas, and it's this tool um, that, that really is about abiding. It really is about, okay, when something happens during my day and I feel off, what do I do? And so why is it important? Why is it important to pay attention to our heart and what's really going on throughout our day? 
Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over and guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the spring of life. Right? What's happening in our heart affects our world. It affects the people around us. And so God's given us uh, an invitation to say, hey, watch over it. Know what's happening inside of you and in your heart. And so we call this tool tending your heart, and the visual of that is, is a garden, right? And so in a garden, you have flowers and you have good things that you want to nurture and that you want to continue to grow, but there's also little weeds that pop up, right? And so we know that if we just cut off the top of a weed, it's going to grow right back up. And so what we need to do is we need to root it out. We need to find the root, find all the gross little guys that are going everywhere, and we need to pull it out, and we need to replace it with fresh soil. And so that's what tending your heart is. It's saying, okay, God, I may have reacted this way, but what is it really about? What's really going on in my heart? So that can be taken out, and then it can be replaced with the truth of God. All right, so picture this. Right, you're going throughout your day, and you show up at life group that night, and you find out that everyone in your life group went out to lunch without you because you were tearing down the curtains in the lobby like you always do, and everyone else was socializing, and so you didn't get the invite, and they're like telling all these inside jokes, and then all of a sudden it hits you, and you, you're shutting down emotionally, you feel really insecure, you don't feel like anyone likes you, and you wonder, do I really belong here? Am I really supposed to be here? Or parents, right? Someone gave me this example, so... I, I trust it, <laughs> right? Um, you're, you're exhausted. Your baby didn't sleep through the night, and then you're trying to get out the door. Your older kids are not obeying you. They're not listening to your voice. You get in the car. You're already running late. They're bickering in the back seat, and you're, you realize you're gripping your steering wheel, and you're stewing with anger at your children. What do you do? What do you do in that moment? Or you're in a meeting, and there's that person that you've been internally competing with. They don't know you're competing with them, but you're competing with them. And there's this problem that you've been trying to solve, and they solve it first. And then, the, then your manager gives them recognition in the meeting, and all of a sudden, you feel like you lose face, you feel like everyone's perceiving you not as valuable, and, and you feel weak. What do you do in those situations, right? My tendency is to keep plowing through, <laughs> to ignore them, to say, I can fix this, I can rely on myself, or I, I know the truth, but, but what is the response that God wants from us? What do you do when you're moved from a place of abundant life, from a place of peace and joy throughout your day? So the first, the first part, this is a five-step process. Step one is ask God, God, what's this really about? Why am I feeling this way? So throughout your day, if you feel yourself move from joy or life or peace or righteousness, or you find yourself not being able to forgive someone, or there's a sin that springs up, just stop and ask, God, why do I feel that way? And honestly, this is the hardest part for me, <laughs> to stop and actually turn to Jesus, right? And, and the, the lie for me is, I don't have time for this, or I'll do it later, and then it never happens. But we have to train ourselves we have to train those we disciple, and we have to train our children that we need to turn to Jesus. That in these moments, you can turn to God, and he's available to you, right? So John 14, 1 says, again, this is earlier from the passage that I read, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus is saying, don't be troubled. Just believe. We have this opportunity to believe what God is saying to us in that moment. And then Matthew 11, really common passage, says, 
Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Right? I, I love that line, come and learn from me. <laughs> right? In these, in these moments, he's saying, hey, give, give me the burden. You, I'll take it away from you and then learn from me. This whole process is being about being discipled by Jesus, that we can learn how he responds. And so he's giving us an invitation to learn from him because he's good and he wants to be with us, right? Okay, so you move from peace. The first thing you ask, what is this really about? The second thing is you recognize, you listen for God's voice. Right? How many times have I asked God a question and then just start thinking of something totally different and try to figure it out on my own? Right? So we ask God, what is this really about? We stop and we listen for his voice. Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, know my heart, try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Right? We get to invite God to come in and search our hearts to say, what, what's really going on, right? We just did this in communion. God, if there's any offensive way in me, tell me that I can confess and be clean before you. He wants to forgive us, right? So, practicals. Bree, you've talked a lot about hearing God. What does it actually look like? The, the first thing is, is stopping and actually leaving space and leaving a moment for God to speak to you. And then how else do we hear God? We do this in college. We hear God through scripture, Right? So when you're hearing the voice of God, it's going through this. So if it's encouraging, if it lines up with the character of God, if it lines up with scripture, then it's probably God. <laughs> right? He, because he wants to speak to us. And so, so this is how I picture hearing God. Right? And the, and the more we, we know the Bible, the more that we're confident in the word of God, the more we can be confident in what God is speaking to us. Right? That's right, Katie. <laughs> so so God, God wants to speak to us through his word. And sometimes he may speak something that stings a little bit, right? But, but because he's going to speak truth, because he wants us to be walking in freedom from sin. And so God's voice will never be filled with condemnation. It will never be filled with shame. It will never sound like evil. It will always be true. And so he will reveal sin, but it will make you want to go towards him. Right? And so we, we wait and give time. We hear God and we test it according to his word. Um, and then don't discount what you hear. Right? Um, so, so write it down. And so usually the first thing that comes in your mind, if it's encouraging and lines up with scripture, go with it. Say, in faith I'm going to believe that this is God speaking to me right now. And so as you ask God a question, wait. And so... Um, I'll use the example that people hung out with me. This is one that I do a lot, I'll be honest, right? And so, so I find out there's a group of people I wasn't invited for some reason, or maybe I couldn't even go, but for some reason I still like, feel like the world is ending. Um, so, so I stop and I say, God, what is this really about? Why, why do I really feel like I want to bolt right now and not be friends with these people anymore? And, and, and um, earlier as I was waiting on the Lord about this, I felt like he spoke to me and said, you're believing the lie that you're disposable in relationships and that it doesn't really matter if you're around. People generally like you, but if you're not there, it doesn't really matter. So it's like, ooh, that, that stings a little bit, but that's something God wants to set me free from, right? And so then at this, at this point, once God gives us kind of that root of what happens, we have an opportunity con- to continue the dialogue to say, okay, God, why do I believe that? 
Is there a situation that, that started this whole thing? Is there someone specifically that I need to forgive who, who's made me feel that way, either knowingly or unknowingly, right? This is the opportunity to kind of unpack that whole process with God and continue to ask him questions. And so you move from a place of peace. The first thing, you ask God what's going on. You listen to his voice. And, and then you renounce and repent the root, right? We're ripping it out of us and we're giving it to Jesus. And so... If God reveals sin, a specific sin, then we get to repent, right? We, we get to repent because God wants to take it from us, and we can experience his grace. Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Right? We, we, we have an opportunity to confess and renounce that we would experience the mercy of God throughout our day. And so, so for me, it could, it could look like, God, I, re- I repent for, for sinning and believing that you didn't create me with worth, right? Or, or that I don't have value. God, I, I repent. Do you forgive me? And let him hear you say, yes, I forgive you. If God reveals a lie during, during this part, you, you can renounce it, right? Romans one twenty five says, they exchange the truth about God for a lie. They worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who's forever praised, right? Sometimes, sometimes we switch. There's a lot of stuff swirling around us. What is truth? What, what is biblical? What, what is someone else's opinion, right? We, be, we begin to believe lies about who God is, and we begin to believe lies about who we really are that don't line up with this word. And so uh, in, in this situation, I could say, God, I repent for believing the lie that I'm disposable. I renounce the lie that no one cares that I'm around. Do you forgive me? Yes. <laughs> or if, if God brings up a memory or a person, you get to forgive them. Colossians 3 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if anyone has a grievance against one another. And forgive them as the Lord forgave you. Right? We're, if we're in relationship, if we're close with people, if we're doing community, if we're doing family... We're going to forgive each other. <laughs> and and we, have, we have to get good at this before the Lord, right? And so I'll, I'll use the parent example. You can say, Father, I forgive my child for not obeying me. That's the outward act. And I forgive them for leading me to feel angry. And then you can release them. I release them from their offenses. I release them from their wounds. And I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless them to, as, as they learn how to obey me, that they would obey you right? And that they would learn to love discipline, that they would love one another, that you can, you can begin to bless those who've offended you and hurt you. And then you can repent for the way that you've responded in a sinful way. Lord, I repent for my sinful actions towards them. I repent that I wasn't slow to anger and abounding in love like you are. God, please forgive me for my anger. Do you forgive me? Yes. He'll always forgive us. And so at any given point, you may have to do all of those. <laughs> you may do a combo. You may have to do just one. However much time you have, you can do this while you're driving or in a meeting or if you have time to pull away and journal. It's awesome. But this is something as, as we do it, you'll, you'll just get the hang of it of how do I dialogue with God and confess and repent. And so I just want to say a little side note. This is a piece of the puzzle, 
right? This is one tool for our tool belt. This is assuming you're, you're spending daily time with Jesus and communing with him, that you're in community, that you're confessing your sins to one another, that people are praying for you that you may be healed, right? And in some of these processes, you may find patterns of things that are coming up and saying, hey, I, I might need to see a professional therapy or counseling, right? This, this isn't the catch-all for every sin in our life, but this, this is a great tool for maintenance and for us dialoguing with God to find out what he's really doing inside of us. Does that make sense? Cool. Okay, so something happens. We ask God what's going on. We listen to what he's saying. We root out and we repent and renounce whatever it is. And then the fun part, we get to receive, right? We get to receive what God is speaking. And so if we only repent, then we miss out, right? At Matthew 12, it's the, it's the passage that an empty house invites attack. It says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept and clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more, more wicked than itself, and they go and live in there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. Right? So the scripture is saying, hey, when, when we clean house, invite the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Get God's truth. And I think uh, a common thing for a lot of us who've been in the church for a while or for believers for a while is that we usually know the truth. Right? I know that I have value. I know that God loves me. I know that Jesus came and died for me and, and I'm a co-heir with Christ. I, I know that stuff. But, but I need it in my heart. And so if after we renounce and re, we repent, we, we need to receive. We need to humble ourselves like little children again and say, Father, tell me again. <laughs> I need to hear it again, right? And so receiving is active. God wants to do it. It's, it's not enough just to repent and then know the truth. We, we can hear the voice of our Father speak to us. So you say, does God really want to do that? Does God really want to give me good things for my sin? Or is there still a little stiff arm? Is there still a little I have to prove my way? Isaiah 61 says, He wants to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. I I could go on, but God wants to give us good gifts in the places of our brokenness and our sin and our pain. And so for me, in this situation, I would say, okay, God, tell me, who, who am I really? What are you saying about this situation? I feel like God said, I love you, my child. You're valued. You're made for community. You're made for depth of relationship. And then at this point, I usually say, what else? <laughs> right? I'm shameless of continually asking God, keep encouraging me. Keep piling it on. I was on vacation last week with six of my best friends from college, and because we've been best friends for, like, almost 10 years, we act like sisters. And so there was this one situation where we're, like, fighting and can't figure out, like, what to do for the schedule for the day, right? Should we hike or should we go to the beach type thing? And so someone's like, let's, let's just pray. And so I'm, like, internally, like, going through things. And so I'm waiting for, on the Lord, and I'm not even thinking about the day. I'm just like, God, what do you want to say to me? And so then, then it's, like, a few minutes later, and um, my friend was like, okay, everyone share, like, what do you guys feel like God said? They're like, Brie, and I was like, uh, I just felt like God was encouraging me. <laughs> I haven't gotten a part two yet, right? Because I know he's good. I know he wants to speak to me, right? In so many situations, we, we miss the opportunity to know how good our father is, that he's constantly with us. 
And so ask him, what else? And let, and let it wash over you. And, and if this part is hard for you, if you're waiting on God and saying, what, what are you saying to me, God? If, if you feel a blockage, go back to step one. <laughs> Say, God, what is this really about? Why is it hard for me to hear your voice right now? He may want to reveal more sin or more situations or pain that's going on in your heart so he can give you more grace, so you can experience more mercy, so you can have more freedom with him. And so once you get these things, if you can, write it down, pray it out. Faith comes by hearing, right? And so it looks like, God, thank you that I'm valuable. Thank you that I'm made for community. Thank you, God, that you've given me the church, Lord, that there are people around me who love me, that I have infinite value and worth because of what you've done on the cross, Jesus. Right? You can, you can just start to snowball these prayers of thanksgiving with God and declare it over yourself. And then the last part is you get to rejoice, right? So if you're off throughout your day, ask God what's going on. You listen for his voice. You rip out the root and repent. You receive from God, and then you rejoice. Right, because he's good, because this dialogue with God is with our Father. And so you can thank him for what he's given you. And, and, and you can begin to pray, thank you, God, that you are abounding in, in steadfast love, that you're slow to anger, right? That all, all these prayers from Scripture, from the Psalms, you get to just praise God for who he is and his character. Thank you, Jesus, that I can come to you, that you're near to me in my sin and brokenness, that you separate my sins as far as the east is from the west, right? You begin to think about the character of God. And so God wants to speak to us. God will speak to us. And, and he's available for us to speak. And so I would love for the ushers to come and hand out these cards right now. And um, there's a lot on here that I didn't talk about. And so you can talk about these in your life group, people you disciple. We can talk about it. There's one side that says tending your heart. And that's kind of the process that I just took us through this morning. And on the back, it's tending your heart, which is a tool for discipleship. Right? This is awesome to do with other people. So if you're discipling people, if you're teaching your kids how to hear the voice of God, um, there's, there's a great little process for that. And then also, there's, there's some more basics for hearing the voice of God, for forgiveness. And then on the back, there's renouncing lies. So if, if you feel like God's speaking certain lies to you. And then also, steps to forgiveness. I think I already said that. Um, so, we, we, have, we have 13 minutes. And so I know, I know there's a lot going on. And so if as I was speaking, a certain situation came up where you're like, oh, yeah, I think I need to forgive that one person. Or I, I think that I need, I, if, you, if the Holy Spirit's already identifying something in you, process that with him right now. But for the rest of us, we have this 10-minute chunk where we get to do this. Right? This whole summer we've saying, we just don't want to know about prayer. We want to learn how to do it with one another. And so if, if you need to do this with someone next to you or dialogue with them, you totally can. But I, um, I have a few questions that I would, I would love if you can take a picture of it or write them down really quick because um, the lyrics will eventually go up. I just want to start out by asking, God, what do you want to say to me to encourage my heart? Right, learn, learn how God encourages you. What do you want to say about your love for me? Right? You can begin to expand your vocabulary and, and dictionary of how God wants to love you. Right? And, and then if you want to keep going, is there any lie that I'm believing about you? Or is there any lie that I'm believing about myself this morning that prevents me from receiving that love? Right? And then you can go through the process. Wait on him. Figure out what the root is. 
repent and renounce of it and then and then receive and listen to God. And so we, we, we've got about 10 minutes. And so if you have your journal or your phone or if you're like, hey, I, I just want to worship. I just want to rejoice. That's awesome. This time is a time for you to connect with Jesus. And as always, we always say, if you've come into the room with something heavy, we don't want you to leave with it. And so there's different people that can pray with you. You can turn to someone next to you. And, and we want to be the church. We want to learn. Okay, I want to abide with Jesus. <laughs> and, and so in, in this time, feel free. Dialogue with Jesus. Worship. Um, and then we'll close in a little bit. Thank you.